Hour number two of the Steelers Blitz as practice is ongoing at Heinz Field. Second week of our training camp coverage here in the home, the Cathedral of Steelers Nation. That is Heinz Field. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler, rocking and rolling here. Heavy discussion in the first hour of the program about it being game week, what that means for these days of practices, looking ahead to Thursday, the balance of all of that this week as we are all uh, giddy with anticipation of the Hall of Fame game starting Thursday, like I said in the first hour of the show, but if you missed it, beginning this week through the Super Bowl in February, there is football every single week, folks, if you include the NFL preseason, regular season, and playoffs, if you include college football and the, uh, the bowl season and the college football playoff as well. From this week until February, Game, action, every single week. We are back, baby. We are having some fun. And, Motsi, we got some pretty significant news in the National Football League, uh, certainly in this, as it relates to the AFC and to playoff positions as well, too. And that is that Carson Wentz, uh, traded from the Eagles to the Colts in the offseason, of course, in case you missed it, uh, is going to have to have foot surgery and will be out 5 to 12 weeks and, and, buddy, something like that already. And if you do the math in your head, like, okay, he might only miss a couple games, but that can be the difference between, you know, the Colts making mm -hmm. a playoff spot, how that affects the Steelers, everybody else in the AFC. Uh, obviously, why while we are never rooting for injuries, and I don't want to say that we're, like, celebrating, like, you know, like high-fiving, like, all right, this is good for the Steelers, it is certainly – in the scope of the AFC in the playoff race, that is a significant uh, story injury here early on in the process. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, this is one of the teams that made the playoffs a year ago. Yep. I mean, they've been in contention the past three years if we're going back to when they had Jacoby Brissett. So whenever you talk about them losing their franchise quarterback, or at least who they're hoping is going to be their franchise quarterback early like this for a substantial amount of time. Five to 12 weeks is a long time. <laughs> That's and, a pretty big window, too, of possibility. Well, and it's not like they're talking about a player that hasn't had significant injury history before and who hasn't missed significant time before. Correct. All of that plays into this. So when you say five to 12, to just give you a little bit behind the curtain what that can mean it can literally be 12 weeks until you're cleared to actually like play, but not 12 weeks until you're 100% healthy. Right. That's the big difference, too. Or he could too. be cleared in eight right. or nine weeks. You could be but cleared, but you're not healthy enough to play in a game. You're right. just cleared that you're not going to hurt yourself. Cleared for contact, right. those type of things. So yeah. those are the things that play into that. But at the same time, this is first year there. He's trying to build a rapport with those wide receivers, with that offensive line. Now, granted, he has familiarity with the coaching staff, but it's still not a carbon copy from what they were doing in Philly. So that's the other portion of it where he's missing significant reps, significant in-stadium opportunities and stuff like that. Yes. So particularly with a new team. Correct. With a, and correct. he's worked with Frank Reich before, but it's still a new it's offense, different, new man. teammates, new language. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely is different, man. So he's going to have to make up for that. And I do think that that cost them a little bit early, depending on how they Absolutely. handle this situation. Absolutely. But you know how it goes in the NFL realm, and especially with Steeler Nation, that injury happens, the reports come out, and the first thing we start getting asked <laughs> about is, what is Mason Rudolph's trade value? Buddy, we've gotten a couple of those tweets already today. Could we potentially see Mason being traded? I mean, I told you, I was doing my show this morning, man, and same concept, bro. You're just like, whoa, already? This, this we're, we're hopping this onto we're it? Right okay. Away. But that, uh, that is also, that's life in the National Football League whenever there's an injury like that. I mean, injury like that, along with our quarterback situation currently, yeah. 
this is how those conversations start, without a doubt, man. So what would it take if you're Kevin Colbert and uh, I'm not sure who is the GM of the Colts. I'm drawing a blank right now. It's not Ballard, is it? I think it was, wasn't it? Uh, maybe, no, maybe it still is. Pat McAfee, the general manager there of the Indianapolis go. Colts. There we go. Uh, calls up you, Kevin Colbert, in mm -hmm. this uh, hypothetical scenario. I mean, what would, what would it even take to start that conversation? Or is that even a conversation that you're having with Indianapolis? Well, I think the first question you have to have is before you even pick up that phone, what do you see Mason's future being? Are you cutting him this training camp? Or do you think he's the number two quarterback this training camp? That dictates everything. If I'm planning on cutting him or if I think there is a possibility I might cut him. because Or even I, if he's not going to be the number two. Right, because think about this. We've seen scenarios where, okay, the guy just extended his contract. It's not, you know, starter money, but it's decent money. And then we released him, right, i.e. Landry Jones. We saw that. A guy who had been the backup here had had some success here. But it didn't play out like that. They went in the, uh, the off the beaten path and said, we're going to go Mason and Dobbs here. I don't see this scenario being any different if Mason doesn't show right. that he is the guy or that he can be the guy. So if the thought process is that I could potentially see him being released, well, then I'm entertaining a fifth or sixth round pick, and I'm completely fine with that because a fifth or sixth round pick is better than nothing, right? Absolutely. Now, if I view Mason as my number two guy, if I think that worst case if Ben were to have some mishaps and go down, I think Mason could come in and get us out of a couple of games this season. Agreed. I'm not listening to anything less than a fourth round pick because he is a quarterback and because I know you need him. You, do, you have leverage. So I'm out at nothing less than a fourth, yeah. at bare minimum a fourth. And that's after I've declined it multiple times. I'm going to settle on that fourth right, at the end. Right. So that's the biggest thing though, in terms of why I say it depends on your perspective of Mason and if you think he is a guy that you're going to cut or is he a guy that you think can be your number two quarterback. Because that has been a difference of opinions with him and Haskins this, this training camp so far. Man, Haskins looking good throwing the deep ball. Hey, look at his throws of 20 yards or more. Look at Mason on the deep ball. He hasn't looked as impressive. But that's not fully right in terms of the context of it because when you look at the O-line that Mason's been behind, he hasn't had as much time compared to when Haskins has been out there. He's had more time. Correct. That plays into it. I'm not saying that it tells the whole story, oh, but it, it's absolutely. a part of the story. It absolutely <laughs> is. Yeah, no, I, I think that's well said by you. If uh, the, what, the, what you touched on there, I think is the most important thing. If 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 you're Kevin Colbert, if you're Mike Tomlin and company, and you say you're you're evaluating your quarterback room, particularly right the guys after Ben Roethlisberger, and you say, look, we just we feel that if if there is a a time where Ben has to you know if it be just for a quarter or whatever in a game, if God forbid he has to miss a game or two, um, we feel most confident in Mason. I I think it's a non-starter. You know, like you, mm -hmm. especially in a year like this year where we all know, like the Steelers have put an onus on winning this year. They haven't gone all in. They haven't emptied the, the bank of all their assets to try and load up for this year. We know that that's not how the Steelers operate. But also, but they the, flirting with it. But <laughs> 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 they say we ain't going to get married, but we're going to flirt with it, though. <laughs> yeah. In the, in the context of what we've known to be how the Steelers do business, <laughs> Moats is absolutely right. Like we're not going on that date, but we're at least on, we're at least on Tinder, swiping, yeah. swiping right and left. Here. We, we, we didn't shot a DM this off season. That's what it feels like. 
um, they were aggressive and went and, and got Minka Fitzpatrick. And like I always say, right, they, they traded their first-round pick. No first-round pick for the first time since the Beatles were still together. Um, they traded up to get Devin Bush. They've been a little more active in free agency over the last few years. I mean, they got Melvin Ingram. That's another example, yeah, right? Melvin Ingram, Steven Nelson, yeah. Darius Green, Eric Ebron. They have they – have, Again, like you said, it flirted with it is a great way to put it. It, it has not been a it has not been a complete change of typical business operations. But the last maybe three four years, they've also been just a little non traditional in some of the ways that we always viewed them doing business. <laughs> I think though, Motsi, you we, we know that the onus is on um, having a type of regular season like they did last year, mm -hmm. but but being obviously hitting their stride into the playoffs. Uh, winning postseason games. But yeah, just the consistency of it. You don't yes. want to have a great first half and then you fall off a cliff in the second half, Correct. which is essentially what happened, and which is why a lot of people were so frustrated when we were talking about evaluating this team and their season last year. And when a person says, well, 12 and 4, and they speak of it positively, and you're just like, well, the context in it isn't like that because of how it ended, you know? You go from being 11 and 0, and then you wet the bed down the stretch, and then in the postseason, how that played out, that wasn't good enough. So consistency throughout. I mean, the same record can happen. Well, obviously, it won't happen now because we got an additional game. <laughs> but in 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 all seriousness, they could have a similar record in the season be viewed drastically different if it is more consistent that way. And that's the part for me where. We're going to be interested to follow. And that's the beauty of each season, right? They always Absolutely. have different storylines. Last year, if we would have said the storyline was, can this, team, can this team start out 11-0? Man, it would have been different, right? It would have been, all right, cool, cool. Whereas now, we've seen that. Now we're like, we don't care about you starting 11-0. If you're going to be 8-3 uh, and three instead, right. but you're going to be healthier and, and, yes. and, and hitting your stride more in November and December, we're cool with that. Absolutely we are. Yeah, I, I think that, that is, that's going to be the balance that we're looking to strike this season. Uh, so, yeah, so, again, I, if, if I'm the Steelers and I am confident in the fact that, you know what, Mason Rudolph is our second-best quarterback on this roster, I, I don't know if I would even entertain trading him unless it is, like, a, a, a dumb Sam Bradford type, hey, right. here's a first-round pick for a guy that wasn't really going to start for you anyways. Um, if some team does that, if the Colts call up the Steelers and offer a first-round pick, okay, then maybe it's a different conversation. But if number two is your clear-cut number two as they see it in their eyes, uh, I think it's a non-starter, but it is certainly a uh, a tough setback to the city. What is it with the Colts, Motsi, and getting just brutal news with their quarterbacks this time of year? Hey, man. Like, wasn't this – this was obviously the same time of year when Andrew Luck decided to retire. No, I mean, it was worse. Andrew Luck was about two weeks after right, this. Right, right. They were in stadium and when I think he found it was out. around this same time when they found out, like, Peyton Manning, you know, those yep. years back was going to have to have a neck surgery that was going to cause him to miss the entire year. Like, they are – August has not been a kind month to the Colts as it relates to their quarterback situation. No, man, you're absolutely right. It definitely hasn't. But that's football for you, that man. You, you don't get to pick and choose who gets hurt or when they get hurt. That's you just right. got to deal with it, adapt, and, and hope for the best, man. And when you go from Peyton Manning to Andrew Luck, I mean, a lot of people aren't going to feel much sympathy for you, uh, particularly in some of these other areas where they've been asking for a franchise quarterback for like two decades and still haven't gotten it. Uh, Motsi, last one on this. Our buddy Dale Lawley, our colleague here on SNR, of course, uh, makes a good point here. Carson Wentz out 5 to 12 weeks, right? The Colts to start their season. Get this: Seahawks, Rams, <laughs> Titans, Dolphins, Ravens. That's Don't their you... first five games of the year. Hey man, you just gotta love it. Smile in the face of adversity, man. <laughs> See.
Seahawks, Rams, <laughs> Titans, Dolphins, Ravens. Uh, Motsi, if I am correct, all those teams except for the Dolphins made the playoffs, playoffs last year. And the Dolphins, and the Dolphins were 10-6. Yeah. They, they won double-digit they, 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 they ran into that buzzsaw named Buffalo Bills <laughs> in that week week 16 Ooh. matchup. Yeah, changed everything for them boys. Yeah, Buffalo Bills, a buzzsaw. But that's a good point by Dale Lally. Uh, they have got a tough schedule to start the season, and uh, it's only going to get more difficult when your, uh, your newly acquired quarterback is going to likely miss most of those games, or at least certainly at best not be 100% healthy. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler at Heinz Field. We are live for training camp 2021 as we are every single day. The Steelers have practice. The music is back off. That means that we are, are back into some drills here. Uh, pretty good crowd for a Monday, Motes. Don't you honestly. love to see it, man? I am pleasantly love surprised. To see it. it's, it's, it's not as crazy as Saturday, obviously, but this is a very good crowd for a Monday. We're going to take a break here. When we return, some news relating to the Cleveland Browns that I want to mm. discuss with Arthur Motes as we continue to look around the AFC. It's the Steelers Blitz live at Heinz Field on SNR. Back at Heinz Field, it's our number two of the Steelers Blitz. Right smack dab in between of 12 hours of live coverage today on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. After us, it'll be Chris Carter and Adam Crowley until 6 o'clock, and then you've got a late show tonight as well. So rocking and rolling wall-to-wall. If you're on the East Coast, East Coast time zone, 8 a.m. until 8 o'clock at night, our coverage here. And you can adjust accordingly depending on where you're listening from, but nobody doing training camp like we are here on SNR. Motsi, we discussed uh, a pretty significant story, pretty significant injury in the AFC realm. Uh, of course, Carson Wentz, the announcement that he's going to need foot surgery this morning. Uh, the other kind of, uh, I think, significant piece of AFC news, AFC North news as well, too, that we just found out in the last, you know, 12 hours or so, was that Nick Chubb, a uh, very good running back, to say the least, from the Cleveland Browns, three-year contract extension. I believe it was just north of $33 million. So he'll make a, just a, a just north, just a hair over $11 million a season. I can do the quick math on that one. 33 divided by three. I can do the mental math on that one, baby. Uh, Motsi, your thoughts. I personally, when I saw that, when I saw that it was three years, I said, you know what? I said, that's that's probably about the right length. I'm sure he wanted four or five, but for Cleveland to get him locked down for three years, and hey, $11 million for a running back is not cheap. But for only a three-year deal with what we've seen from Nick Chubb over the past few seasons, that, that feels like it is fair. For, as much as I would have liked to see the Browns get taken advantage of, uh, that does seem like it's it's a fair deal for both sides. Well, see, you even look at it from a, a, a bad perspective, saying that Nick Chubb would want to be a longer deal. Nick Chubb is going to be 29 years old when he hits the market again. This is perfect for Chubb. Chubb, man. You're that's getting true. Three. Still being in his 20s. Absolutely. And we know for running backs, that's the significant part. If that deal ended with him being 30, 31, not going to have the same type of vibe with it. But sure, because he'll sure. be 29, it just gives him another opportunity to hit that. So I do think that it was another driving force in terms of that three-year mark. Yeah. But, I mean, as a whole, excellent signing by them. I mean, we've talked about it. We're, we – we're not Nick Chubb fans because he doesn't play for us. But he's good. <laughs> if he played for us, we would absolutely love him. Oh, yeah. But because he plays for the other team, we don't rock with him like that. But as a whole, man, we know what he is, man, what he brings to the game from a passing standpoint, from a running standpoint, physicality standpoint. Mm -hmm. 
he is what the AFC North is. He fits that brand of he ball. He does. It's true. And the division is better when he's healthy and when he is in there. So I am glad to see that. We know it's going to be even more of a challenge for us now. But as a whole, man, we're excited about that. We're always looking forward to it. Heck, yeah. And so the number was actually 36.6 million. I'm about so to say, you short of him on that point six? Don't you do 12, that? 12 point – I can do the math on this, Mozi. $12.2 million per year uh, for a guy who, like – I think it's fair to say he's he's he is one of the best running backs in the National Football League. If you were to do a draft in that regard, he's top right, five right now. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Derrick Henry. There's there's some other names that I think would be consensus above him, but he is up there. You're not going to find, in terms of consistency, productivity, availability. Yeah. You're not finding you know five guys that are going to be better than him no. since he's been in the NFL we right can, now. We man. could argue, you know, someone like, hey, maybe uh, Christian McCaffrey or Dalvin Cook. But you talk More about talented, the, you sure. You talk about the availability Absolutely. element. And, and, and Nick Chubb Changes has those everything. guys beat. Uh, even with a guy like Alvin Kamara still in that department, uh, Nick Chubb has those guys beat. Yeah, it's, uh, it's something certainly that we're keeping an eye on. You know, Motes and I have discussed when we – get asked about the division outlook. You know, you guys have tweeted us questions about the Browns and things like that. We've said they're in a good spot right now. Just look at their roster. I mean, you can't deny that they are, are in a good spot. Um, but they are also – this is where they're at. They're going to have to start paying some of these guys, and then that is obviously always something to keep an eye on. Oh, yeah, because they, they've been lucky. They've been fortunate to have the rookie quarterback model from a pay standpoint, and that is ultimately what everybody is trying to accomplish. Rookie quarterback, stack the roster around him. The rookie quarterback plays really You've well, and you get out of it. for a lot of teams in the last yes. decade. But they're, like you said, man, that window is closing for them when they're going to have to start paying their guys. And we've seen them pay Nick Chubb. Baker Mayfield is next up on that list. And now it changes because when you start having to pay these quarterbacks, now their expectations for what that quarterback is going to give you increase in a major way. Absolutely. And now we're going to see with Baker when he gets his deal done as well. All right, can you be the reason? We know Nick Chubb. We know, hey, this is a great signing because we know Chubb is going to be worth that money. But when Baker's turn is up, can he do it as well? It's a lot of questions. It's a lot to manage. It's why we love the game of football. So many different things to discuss and to get to. By the way, I, I did want to say thank you. It was very nice of you uh, when we were discussing Carson Wentz. I mean, you could have made a Dak Prescott joke in there at some point, but oh, you didn't. Oh, man, I mean, come on I now. Mean, I mean, look at you. You didn't do it. And uh, I did want to make sure to thank you for that. Uh, I, I, any, anything for you, man. I know you Philly fans, you, oh, you Carson you Wentz enthusiasts have been through enough. Would you take <laughs> it easy? Has he had a healthy year since that? This was, he was going to win MVP. You know, everybody, that's their go-to. Has he had a season since? He has not. Because even that season, he didn't even end healthy. He did not know he missed last. You know, he got that MVP. He's, he should have had an MVP. Yeah, he, yeah. His rookie year, I, I'm trying to think. But you know what? He might not have started till week two or three. His rookie right, year. that's what I'm saying. I don't think he's had a full season. I don't season. know if he's played a full 16-game season. You might be right on that one. I'll tell you what. It, look, it looks like a full 17-game season and isn't in his future in 2021. It is not. All right, listen, I am a prideful guy. They're still, you know, both guys are still relatively young in their late 20s, uh, but I think I can concede our OG uh, Dak Prescott, Carson Wentz argument. I think he got me on that one, partner. I greatly appreciate you, man, as I'm just watching these drills. I'm loving being able to see practice it's every great, day isn't now. It? This, is, this is beautiful, man. I mean, our vantage point is this just is fantastic. I, I feel bad that we can't share some of these interesting things that are taking place with some of these drills because – it is it is very significant in a positive way, though. Yeah, can I can I just you know can I say something without saying something? Talk about it. 
Deontay Johnson is a wild boy. Yes. And I mean that in the best way possible. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> From some of the stuff that we just saw out here. And, uh, and Devin Bush is, is looking good yeah. as well. Too. And Antoine Brooks doesn't shy away from anyone. He does not, and we love that. I'm thoroughly that. happy about we that. We certainly love that about him. Uh, Motsi, I did want to get your opinion while we were kind of in the realm of the conversation. You were talking about Baker Mayfield there and the contract extension and how we all know. I mean, that's the cheat code in the NFL is to get a rookie quarterback who can come in right away and, and win you games and be productive. You can load that roster up around them for the first, you know, four or five years till you really have to pay them like a true franchise number one quarterback. Another guy like Baker Mayfield who's getting to that point, same draft class. In fact, actually, I do believe Baker Mayfield was the – they bookended the first round. Mm -hmm. Mayfield the first pick, Lamar Jackson the last pick this is true. of the first round. Uh, the Ravens and Lamar, is, is that going to happen this offseason? Or, or could that be like Baker where they're, they might make them, make them sing for it one more year? No, I think that they're going to get Lamar's done. They, I mean, the I guess the viewpoint of Lamar – in Baltimore compared to how Baker is viewed in Cleveland are very different. That's, that's very true. Because we've seen Lamar have individual success where MVP. he was the league MVP. Yep. Three and straight we, years in the playoffs. Three straight years. I mean, you think about this. He hasn't lost more than two games in a season either. Yeah, like, that is crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. Or Because how many uh, – no, no, maybe last year they might have had – Ah, uh, no, you're right, because last year they had four losses. Right, but, but he only – I thought two of those he was not the starter. That's what maybe I'm saying. One, maybe he lost three games last year. Tops, though, and that's the thing. Like, when you're talking about a guy that's been able to have that type of success from a team perspective and as an individual, yes, they're going to take care of that guy. Yes. And he's been healthy. That's the other thing. I mean, we always talk about, oh, uh, the quarterback position, a running quarterback is not going to last how long until he gets hurt. He's been relatively healthy throughout this process, man. Particularly so, for a guy that is right. mobile as he is. So I don't see Baltimore playing hardball or making him have to, quote, unquote, sing for it anymore. I think that they realize he's done enough and it's more so just the formalities of guaranteed money, per year money, because he isn't – MVP in the same conversation of a Patrick Mahomes, but he's still very much significant. He's, you know, sure, sure. He, he's he's earned his money. He's earned his 40 mil a year now. So that's the thing where I think with Baltimore, it's more so just getting those details worked out. Whereas with Cleveland, it could legitimately be a Kirk Cousins situation where they want to see him perform a little bit more in these contract years. Yes, I think that is well said by you. Uh, Eleven and five was the mark for That's the Ravens last season. I do feel like Lamar might have missed one or two of those games, but I'm not sure. They did have that stretch where they lost three straight: mm -hmm. Patriots, Titans, Steelers. I do remember that. They yeah. had a stretch where they lost four out of five. But other than that, and that was during the COVID time frame. That was during the yeah. COVID. Oh, that's. That's what it was. Yeah, because yeah, he didn't he play didn't, against he us. He didn't play yeah. against us, and then I and don't it, know I, if he played against the Titans either. That's what I'm saying. Like, he missed. So he might have been, yeah. been three of those five losses. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, yeah, you're absolutely right. Listen, I mean, like you can with most quarterbacks in the National Football League, there there are certainly areas of Lamar's game that you could poke holes in, without a doubt, like, like anybody else. But I think, like you said, three straight years he's navigated them to the playoffs. He got that first playoff win last season. You could talk about shortcomings with any quarterback, but you don't pay – contracts you don't sign guys for their shortcomings you sign them for their ability to win you games and that's something that Lamar Jackson has done a lot of his first three years in the National Football League it's 
But see, it's just it's just going to be a it, it's this has got to be the most intriguing division, the AFC North. I'm speaking on obviously from a purely quarterback standpoint. Right? I mean, don't you love that though? I love it. You've got, <laughs> you've got the future Hall of Famer and the only guy in the division who's won Super Bowls or anyone else hasn't even been close in Ben Roethlisberger. But the storyline with him is he's 39 years old. We saw his we saw him kind of fade a little bit down the stretch last year. Was that because he had so much rehab in the offseason? Is that because of his age? How much does he still have left in the tank? How does an offensive line in the run game, uh, you know, help that. That's all the conversation around Ben Roethlisberger. Around Baker Mayfield and Lamar Jackson, it is relatively similar. There are the differences like you just pointed out, but it's young guy about to get paid. Can he take one more step forward? We know he can win games, but can he be the reason why they win games? And then Joe Burrow, it's all the faith in the world in this guy, but my goodness. Can they, can can they, they keep that man can safe? They, can they protect him? And what does he look like yeah. coming back from an ACL, a serious knee injury? Mozi, it's 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 gotta be the most intriguing division just from a purely quarterback perspective. No, I agree. Three Heisman Trophy that. winners. I mean, three Heisman Trophy winners, a and future a Super Bowl Hall winner, of, a future yep. Hall of Famer. Yep. <laughs> I mean, this is beautiful, man. In terms of this division, it's crazy though when you think of it. This used to be the division where we talk about running backs only and like linebacker, running backs and linebacker, linebackers. right? Yeah. Black and blue divisions, defense. Now we're over here like, no, man, we got MVPs, multiples. <laughs> like this is crazy. We absolutely do. And, yeah, it's it, listen, the AFC North, it's always intriguing. Um, the Steelers and the Ravens have, have been contending for 16, 17 straight years now legitimately without too many down years in there. Um, we know the Bengals, they had their times under Andy Dalton. The Browns now are having their best period, certainly, uh, since they moved back to Cleveland or since they were granted a franchise once again in Cleveland, I should say, in 1999, a little over 20 years uh, since the Browns came back into an existence. This certainly feels like one of just the most intriguing seasons from a true competitive standpoint because even like we've discussed, Motsi, while we look at the Bengals and the defense is really young and still needs some pieces to come together, the offensive line still leaves a lot to be desired. All that said, the Bengals are even still – like, they're not going to be a division doormat. They're going to be a team that can still win games. I mean, you think about what they did to us last year. And that was with us being, you know, an 11-win team, 12-win team, things like that. So, yeah, without a doubt, they have done a good job of improving their roster, of improving the talent that's there as well on offense, defense. Obviously, we know with the wide receiver group, you're going to be hard-pressed to find a oh. better <laughs> trio over there, My man. Goodness. But – but can those guys block? Right, that's my, the issue. My, that's my, the bigger Mike question, Tom, man. And my Mike Tomlin uh, project, Pat Fryermuth voice. Yep. That's the bigger question nice right catch, now, man. But, nice catch, but can you block? Yep, that's the big question. <laughs> now, they've brought in some new pieces, though, to improve it. They have. They have. And that's going to be the part where we're going to see with the new pieces, do they gel? Can they perform at a high level? And can they be consistent with that? If they can, different conversation. But right now, they have not shown that, and we are not going to expect them to, baby. That's so, right. Because they Cleveland. I mean, excuse me, because they're Cincinnati. Cincinnati, Cleveland, same difference. One of those, one of those stinking Ohio teams, right? Bums. <laughs> Bunch of them bums. You stay on, you stay on your own turnpike over there on I seventy, and you leave us alone here yeah. in the beautiful state of Pennsylvania. It is a beautiful day here at Heinz Field. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler, rocking and rolling with you guys. Looks like we're going to be joined by our buddy Christopher Carter. Hey, hey, hey! In the next segment of the show. Uh, we've got some things rolling in here. All right, we'll have to we'll have to get Chris's opinion on this. But we got some more. It's funny every time we bring this up, the people always want to get in on this. Nicknames for Chase Claypool. <laughs> Chase the. All right, so we got Air Canada, but we talked about the Vince Carter conflict there. We got Chase the Ace. 
and we got Chase the Ace, and we got CC from BC, because <laughs> he's from British Columbia. And you see what we're doing here? CC huh? from BC. CC from BC. That sounds like CC from BC sounds like the name of some obscure artist that like everybody knows who it is, but they don't really know yeah. who it is. Like Banksy, you know? It's I like started thinking CC about CC from BC, like CC like and BD Wine. I thought we were singing gospel music for a second over here, man. CCs and BCs and yeah, GGs and. <laughs> All that other stuff. We, we are singing gospel music here because we are in the congregation of Steelers Nation at the chapel that is known at Heinz Field. You hear the air horns in the background. Practice ongoing, moving and shaking. About another hour of practice, about another 90 minutes or so of the Steelers Blitz. Going to take a break here when we come back on the other side. On site, we'll be joined by our buddy Christopher Carter, DK Pittsburgh Sports, also our colleague here at SNR. We'll do a little round table and we'll try and, you know, keep the energy levels. That This is the part where you got to adjust your transmitters, <laughs> all right? Because we might blow out, your, blow out your sound system on the other side. We'll talk to Chris. More observations from practice. More around the AFC. Having some fun at Heinz Field. It's the Steelers Blitz on SNR. It's roundtable time here at Heinz Field, wrapping up hour number two of the Steelers Blitz on a Monday, a just another gorgeous day here for some football on the North Shore of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Always a good day to catch up with our buddy Chris Carter. You know his work from DK Pittsburgh Sports, also on SNR. He's been a part of the family. He's been a part of our uh, what we do here on this show, filling in and doing segments with us from time to time over the last few years. He's Got his own show now, training camp. You hear him and Adam Crowley from 4 to 6. Chris, before we get into some of the Steelers and, and Hamlet's here. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I got to right, ask, right? It's just, this is just, this is. That's the third amigo right there. He mm. takes. Let's go, man. <laughs> Between the three, between the three migos here, all right. And don't don't worry, we won't say anything to anybody else. This is this is just between us. Oh, between us. No one else can hear this. No one else can hear this. This is just between us. Turns as he turns <laughs> turns us up on the set. He literally turned the dial up as he said. No that. one can hear us right now. This conversation is just between the three of us. I mean, what's it been like doing a two-hour show with Adam Crowley every day? Oh, I mean, the guy's a slob. He just leaves food all over the place. <laughs> He's, we're, we're doing whiskey shots in between every single segment. You're it's like, no, just, Adam, I can't I do can't, this. I can't. But then he peer pressures me. He's like, you if you was, you went to Pitt. If you went to WVU, you'd be able to do this. Hey, <laughs> go ears. <laughs> Chris, buddy, uh, wanted to get your thought on something that we were kicking around to, to start us out here. Um, and that is, of course, the, the significant injury news that everybody found out about this morning. Carson yeah, Wentz. Colts gonna have to have foot surgery, five to twelve weeks. That's a pretty big window. And you know, Mozi's point was even if he comes back 10, 11, 12 weeks, he might not even be fully healthy at that point. He'll just be cleared right. to play by that point. And we're obviously looking at this from the standpoint of we know how even with the extra wild card team last year, how tight the AFC race was. You had a ten win team in the Dolphins. Again, even with an extra team for the first yep. year, still had a ten win team left out of the picture last year. It's significant for that reason alone already that the Colts probably for the first at least four or five weeks of the season are going to be without Carson Wentz, and that's going to 
obviously have an effect on the AFC playoff outlook. Absolutely. I mean, the Colts were a team that I was picking as one of my dark horse. Them and the Chargers, the two teams that, mm -hmm. you know, aren't being looked at as one of the stars of the AFC who could become a star of the AFC. But that was because you had Carson Wentz with Ring Rock and an offense that wouldn't need Carson Wentz to be elite. Yes. You had, you had Jonathan good. Taylor. He's good. Yeah, just be good. You got Jonathan Taylor. You got Quentin Nelson on that offensive line. You got weapons on the offense. And you got a defense led by Darius Leonard and a bunch yep. of talented dudes over on the other side. So there's some excitement there. But I don't know. Did you guys see the response from Nick Foles when he was asked about this? He said, I'm a Chicago Bear right now. But he was like, you know what? I have a great relationship with Frank Reich. But I'm also, I, you know, I'm also happy where I'm at. But, you know, I was kind of like, mm, I see what you're doing there. Well, Nick we Foles. said, imagine Carson Wentz. His reaction. The moment oh, he I, would, I would find. Just, I would just throw my Colts helmet into the ocean. Oh There's God. no oceans by Indianapolis. But, but, but like, I would just, like, you know, like, if I would just be like, oh. I can't get rid of this guy. Like, yeah, you, you can't make this up. That would be hilarious. But it's realistic, though. I mean, when you think about what Chicago has going on with a guy like Justin Fields, yeah. and obviously they have Andy Dalton out mm -hmm. there who they, they said they got, is going to be their guys. starter. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so they don't have the necessarily the pressure of feeling like Nick Foles has to be on their roster. Right. And when you know a team has a legitimate need like the Colts currently mm -hmm. have and you have the resources, now you start to get those conversations. But – that also brought us full circle to here in Pittsburgh because yep. the other person name get, kept getting brought up was Mason, Mason, Mason Rudolph. Rudolph yep. So from your perspective, man, what is Mason's trade value, and would you even entertain trading him right now? If I'm the Steelers, it depends on it depends on what kind of capital. Are they talking about getting – like, is there an offensive lineman in the mix here? Is there a mm. defensive back in the mix here? And is this guy a guy who can contribute very soon? Right, because now you're not just getting Mason Rudolph; you're getting Mason Rudolph through 2022. Mm -hmm. Now, here's the other thing: we're seeing Dwayne Haskins right now. We've, you know, we've been impressed that you know he's not, you know, he, he's better than advertised. But the reports out of Washington was that he did that there too; that he he would do really well in training camp, do really do decently in preseason, and then when the season came together, it would just fall apart. Now, Grant, again, Washington, different scenario. You're not with the Pittsburgh Steelers. You got to give everyone a fresh chance here. But uh, it, it'd be a tough sell to risk that unless you're getting considerable value. And I just don't know if the Colts would be like, oh, yeah, we'll cough up a, a starter or, a, a, you know, a guy that we're pushing that's pushing for a starting job for a quarterback that we're going to use for five weeks and we're not sure how what his longevity is. Sure. Or, yeah. oh, hey, we'll cough up a fourth-round pick, you know, for that. I don't think that's the, that's the value for that. If it would be, it would be a low-round draft pick and, you know, or a, a rotational player maybe. And I'm not so sure the Steelers want to give that up when they still don't know who's going to win out in this camp. But it's too early to see if Dwayne Haskins is going to work out for you and then, you, and then you're going to have Josh Dobbs. So I don't think it's going to happen, guys. But, um, I mean, certainly Kevin Colbert won't not pick up the phone well, if sure, they call. Sure. Well, because the reason I thought of it was this, though. Timing-wise, we know the Colts are probably going to be looking to make a move sooner rather than later. Mm -hmm. So Mason's value yeah. is at its highest in these next couple of days. Very true. Once he steps in a stadium, once the Colts have a chance to talk to other teams, yep. the further these days go on, the less his value becomes. So that was the other reason why I'm just like, with Mason, yep. unless you already have your mind made up that I think he can be in the conversation for our number two guy, mm -hmm. you kind of get fast-forwarded or fast-tracked into that conversation yep. a little bit there, man. Yeah, that's, that's the thing is that 
when you're when when pressure gets put on, that's when the that's when the steals happen. Yeah. That's when the trades happen. And then you're like, how did that get pulled off? But sometimes And this is one of those situations if you're the Colts, be. you fancy yourself as a contender. Oh, right. Absolutely. You're and, looking and, at and that. This division? was a big year for that, right? Yeah. You didn't make that trade for, that. for Carson Wentz absolutely. without thinking you're a contender. Right. Yeah. And and now with this guy, and again, his injury is five to twelve weeks. Mm-hmm. That's a huge that's window. That's a big window. Like and, and considering his injury history. It's a foot too, it's so a, Mobility, we right. know with mobility with him, man, and he's a, that's he a part of his that. game. He yeah. Um, and, and so, so here's the thing: if you're going out and you're and you're you're saying if you're the, if you're the Steelers, what do you want in return for him? Do you want a nickel cornerback? Do you want a corner? Do you want a backup? I safety? want Quentin Nelson. Well, I mean, <laughs> okay, yes, yeah, totally. you know what? I'll throw in a sixth round pick to sweeten. Th- the there deal. you go. But that's, that's what I'm saying. Do you get Quint, Quentin Nelson? Or uh, DeForest Buckner, yeah, or, or, you know, yeah, maybe uh, that Darius Leonard guy. Here you know, they, 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 they got Eric, find room for him. <laughs> they, they got, uh, but they also have you know Eric Fisher there too. Ooh. So you know, they, they again, just signed him though, didn't they? Yeah, they did just sign him, so that would be a, a free agent deal that they'd yeah. be picking up. But, yeah. um, but still, you know, you got guys along those lines. Now, here's the other situation: there is the Steelers could offer Mason and a pick for a player that they like. Now, now that changes things. And that right. and that would be like, okay, now the Colts are like, okay, we're getting our quarterback, we're giving away mm-hmm. this starter at this other position, but we're figuring things out. So, we're also yeah. getting some draft capital as Very well. True. And getting yeah. the and getting the draft capital with that. So, I, I don't think it actually happens because I think that the Colts they can look in other places. I also don't think that Mason has wowed enough people yet. You know, he if Mason had like you, you guys remember Matt Flynn. The, mm-hmm. the, the, remember the pack, Matt Flynn? Yeah. The, the That's, pack, and Seahawks paid him after that. Right, exactly. A whole he, lot of money. A whole lot of money right as they were drafting Russell yeah. Wilson. And essentially off of two games. Off he had two in season performances in the final game of the year where he lit it up. Yep. And that got him the conversation. Yeah, I remember that, man. Him, Tavares Jackson, rest in peace. And then from there, mm-hmm. yeah. That, that was the that. year they drafted uh, Russ. You're absolutely right, man. Oh, man. But, but no, but, yeah, the, but that's the that's the whole thing is. But Mason even hasn't had that. Like, yeah. Nick Foles has right. a seven-touchdown game. Right. Matt Flynn had a couple really impressive Nick performances. Nick Foles has a Pro Bowl season, has a Super, Super Bowl, Bowl MVP. But he actually, like, was leading a team in the postseason. Yep. Where he had to actually perform. He, guys, I mean, he arguably, you could make a very easy argument that that Super Bowl was the best game Tom Brady's ever played in his life. And his NFL statistically, career, yeah. Statistically, yeah, statistically, the yeah. best game that Tom Brady's ever played. And, and he, he lost. lost to Nick Foles. Right. Yeah, I mean. NFC East teams really seem to just be cursed. It's so weird. <laughs> it's weird, we need, to get, we need to get more of them in there then to take Tom Brady down is what you're telling me. <laughs> Chris, I also want to get your thoughts on uh, the Nick Chubb contract extension from oh, the Cleveland Browns. Uh, three years little over 30 so a little over 12 million dollars a year mm-hmm. um, feels like a fair deal for both sides you know he gets some term and, and a nice and a nice payday there the Browns also aren't handcuffed to him for a long time and Moats I thought made an astute observation too it lets Nick Chubb hit the free agent market again when he's still in his 20s which will obviously help his value when he hits that point uh, feels like a fair deal for everyone for Cleveland and for him but it also feels like this is kind of the start of, of something that we have all discussed as it relates to Cleveland. We all know you got a really good roster, and, and you should be pretty good again this year. But now they're starting to have to pay some guys. You know, Miles Garrett, yeah, Nick Chubb, on Baker Mayfield eventually. Um, this is now getting to the point for the Browns where you, you have to nail these business, these roster decisions. You do, and that's the whole thing here is that, you know, it's great when you get to assemble some talent. And, and you remember all these – 
um, all these all these free agent gets that they've got, like like Jadavian Clowney, and you get to go and reinforce your offensive line, and you get to go get this guy here and that guy there, and you're like, okay, you know, we can add people. You can't do that when you're paying Miles Garrett and Nick Chubb yes. and Baker Mayfield. I mean, Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr. I mean, like these guys are just Austin like, Hooper makes yeah. pretty good money too. Right, they keep paying these guys. I mean, what did they give Clowney when he went over there? He, he got a smooth like six or seven, didn't he? Yeah. Yep. Did yeah, you guys see that video of him that was circulating oh, the rounds God, on Twitter this so, weekend? That was so bad. Boats, is that something – all right, you've been out there this – is that something that people should actually be, like, raising their eyebrows about? Or could no, that, no, that's no, just no, a six or seven no, no, Honestly, it was a funny clip, but that's actually – it's tough to do. But for him, he's not the style of player that can do that type of drill. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> like, this is what I mean. Like, that drill is, is really focuses on your hips. Mm -hmm. We could put this down there right now and probably T.J. Watt – Alex Highsmith and Melvin Ingram are probably going to do it at a high level. The rest of those guys are going to look closer to what Clowney <laughs> looked like just because it, it, it makes you have to be hip dominant. Whereas with Clowney, he is a long yeah, length, a, yeah, straight, boxy type of guy. So, yeah. But it is still funny because it the Cleveland guy. <laughs> and, and it's the way that he felt. Yeah, it, like, oh, man. Look, look like an athlete if you're going to fall. Right. If you're going to fall, don't don't look like you're in a video and you're don't helpless. Don't look like me out there. Right. He looked like the, the victim. Yeah, I, I was waiting like on, on, like, Michael Myers to be walking by or Jason. It's just, like, the mm. way he fell. Like, that's what it looked like. You know, what, you know what it looked like? We need somebody to Photoshop Randy Orton in there. Just RKO! <laughs> RKO! RKO! RKO out of nowhere! Oh, look my Look at the Viper! Look at the Viper! Oh, God, this guy, you can't take him anywhere. By <laughs> <laughs> God! Um, but, 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 but I think that's a very good point about the Browns. When you look at how they have been assembling their roster and how they've been building, now when you're going to have to pay all these guys, these guys that you drafted, let's see how you sign it. Sure. Because, again, that's how the Steelers have made their money. It's very rare that they go out and, and they sign the super-duper free agent. And if they do sign one or two, they're not signing five or six the way the Browns no, have for years. No. And because now they're going to be paying guys, like, do they what, – what kind of deal does Baker Mayfield get? He was your first overall pick. They to, he has to get 100. He has to average, what, 35-plus. Mm -hmm. Right. Yep. 35-plus is the magic number for just a competent quarterback mm -hmm. right now. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, you know. And that's him coming off of a playoff victory. Right. Against a division rival. Mm -hmm. And so, I, I feel yeah. like he's going to have a, have a, some command, and that's going to shorten their change up when it comes to getting the reinforcements. They, like, we'll see how they deal with that. Because, again, they've been the Cleveland Browns for the past 40 years. They could <laughs> they could lose, get, get, you know, sign some free agents. Everyone gets excited. But then eventually they lose again. The process starts all over again. But. You know, and, and 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 Arthur, you saw this with the Jaguars, but four years ago, mm -hmm. they assembled a really great team of signings. But when it came yeah. time to see if they could build a you know continuity with that crew, it wasn't there. It wasn't there. It fell apart, and now they're the first overall pick drafting Trevor Lawrence. I'm not saying that the Browns are destined for that, but I'm saying this is where. But we hope so. <laughs> but this is where we start testing them out to see, okay, what is your institutional fortitude that's going to be able to hold over. Into, the, into, into, into generations of mm -hmm. this kind of play. The Steelers have been doing this for years. They've had Ben Roethlisberger under a major contract yeah. for years, and that's with several superstars like Troy Polamalu, like James Harrison, like Arthur Motes. <laughs> I, do, I, I get you one, Motes. He's going to drop me uh, in there like that. Yeah. I, I appreciate um, that. Uh, but, but, I mean, time after time, they've paid super-duper contracts. Very true, Antonio wow. Brown. Wow. What, what, yeah, exactly. With Antonio yeah. Brown, Le'Veon Bell, without having to go and completely – Break yeah. up the team, re-sign all these free agents, cut a yet. bunch of people, right? Yeah. So I mean, shout out Omar Khan. Let, let's see. Seriously, right. the cap wizard himself. Cap wizard. Yeah. That. that they, I mean, the whole front office. Brandon Hunt. Yeah. Over, like, I, I'm like, I don't know how y'all do it. I'm just glad that y'all did it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the challenge, man. If the Browns can figure that out, great. Then maybe they've actually taken a step somewhere. But 
I, I'm I'm still not sold on them being that organization just yet. Yeah, let's hope they stay on that hamster wheel just a little <laughs> while longer. I mean, why, why, why should we expect anything less from them? Mm -hmm. we, we, we only believe what y'all keep showing us. Right. Y'all show us a little bit of, you know, organizational fortitude I mean, and, it is and, and content. We, yes. we believe it. It is Cleveland. They had one of the, like, without a doubt, unarguably – Two, one of the two greatest basketball players of all time, and they got one championship. And they, had, you know, and they got one of the you know best, worst NFL seasons ever, and it was capitalized by you know, a parade. A parade. Yeah, a parade. An 0-16 parade. An 0-16 parade. Chris, just a couple minutes here before we got to get to break. Sure. Uh, we've been talking, obviously, a lot, too, with this being game week here. Uh, with preseason looking ahead to Thursday, Football. what what do, what do you what are you looking for this week? Looking to accomplish? What do you want to see out here in practice with the guys of Thursday? Right, and, and is there anybody in particular that you're excited to see on Thursday? I, I'm excited to see what this offensive line looks like. We haven't seen everybody, you know, healthy at all times. They're still kind of trickling in to see like when they're practicing, as we're seeing at the end of each day when they we t you know we talk we uh, we hear who's talking about everything, but um. I'll tell you right now, we need to see how these guys. Kendrick Green is a big piece of that, and he's been out there. He's consistently been out yes, there and which ready, is good. Yes, which very has been true. very good. You see, we've seen Trey Turner, we've seen bits of Zach Banner, um, you know, but you know, Dan Moore Jr. has been out there a lot. He's being, you know, let's see very how he true. responds to trial by fire situations. If if he's going to be out there starting on Thursday and getting a lot of reps. I want to see how he takes on that challenge. And you and I were talking about that last – I mean, they were going after They were going they had after him. They had him going up against Highsmith and yep. Ingram. I mean, here we go, rookie. Let's see what you got. And, and I, I think that he – you know, he got beat up a couple times the first time, but he's kept his head in there. He hasn't, like, bowed down to it. Right. He's definitely now, right. fighting back. Now, my question to you is this, though, Chris. Knowing our current offensive line situation and kind of how it's been a hodgepodge group, yeah. has that tampered or, or has that put a damper a little bit on – the positive reports we've been hearing from Alex Highsmith and Melvin Ingram. It, it, it does call into question, what are you guys going to do when you face starting caliber offensive tackles? Okay. But, uh, but to me, it still says, you know what, these guys are at least beating up the guys they're supposed to beat up. Correct. So I'm not, I'm not going to besmirch them. I'm going to say, oh, it was just against these guys. I am going to put a note in and say, hey, let's see how you do against, against this, this group over here. Um, but – yeah, I'm, I'm not going to stop him, but I'm also not going to say, uh, you know, crown him now. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to crown him. You want to crown him? Crown him. I crown think him. they are who we thought they are. They are who we thought Chris we were. Carter, always who we thought he is. That's just a uh, fantastic radio host. Media and we're not guy. letting him off the hook. Good friend. <laughs> friend of the show. Friend in real life. Buddy, we appreciate your time. My and man. we look forward to uh, just a little over an hour from now when you and Mr. Crowman light it up from 4 to 6 on SNR. Yeah, this is a little easier because now I can, like, jog instead of sprint because now I have a <laughs> full hour to get across the West End Bridge. So, like, before last week when I was filling in for Moats, Moats, every day I was sprinting across the West End Bridge, <laughs> then on to 3676, and then getting off at 6776 oh, into, into the WVDBE building. But now I get to lightly jog. So, like, you're going you're gonna to see me at a leisurely pace if you're driving all across the West End Bridge in about, like, 20 minutes. He doesn't have to Forrest Gump it, all right? He yeah. can just casually jog. Oh, Buddy, great man. stuff as always. Thanks for your time. Thank you. Yes, indeed. Chris Carter, again, you'll hear him just about over an hour with the crowd man right here on SNR. Two hours in the books, another hour to go. Moats and I return on the other side. It's the Steelers Blitz live from Heinz Field. Training Camp 2021 on SNR.